Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here, as always, this week, and the good morning, afternoon, and evening has even more more significance today because I've got Jeff Nicholson coming in from the United Kingdom across the pond. We've got a Brit with us today. And I, Jeff, you're what, five, six hours ahead of us? I always forget. Yeah, it's, it's, it's four o'clock at the minute. Okay, and it's 11 o'clock here. So yeah, we've got a, so it's um sort of evening, late afternoon, sort of that twilight-ish time for you right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and and that just goes to show with the show. You know, my my listeners are used to me having people from all over the world, every time zone, on my show. I haven't had a Brit on in a while, so I'm excited to have you on the show. And, you know, for my listeners that don't know you, you know, Jeff, you and I met because of another person um, I've known from the tech world for ages, Richard Tubb, who I've been trying to have on the show, and he keeps having to reschedule every single yeah, time he's a busy man he is he is and, and this last time uh, he was supposed to be on next week and he had to rearrange because he got a paid speaking gig for that exact time that we were going to be together so we will have him on but he suggested i chat with you because he knew that i was stuck in some mindset stuff due to um some illness things that have been going on for over 10 months that my listeners are aware of and I was getting stuck with all this inertia. So you were like, yes, let's chat. If Richard says we should chat, we should chat. And you and I had this crazy long conversation. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it was almost two hours, I think. Yeah, it was, yeah. It didn't feel like that, though. It didn't no, feel like that at all. it didn't. I have pages and pages of notes and, and all this stuff, and I've connected you to some different people. But from that moment of that conversation that we had, Something shifted inside my head and got me thinking, created some awareness for me. So that's why you and I thought, oh, got to have you on my show. So let's talk about this whole concept of mindsets. And but it's really more you're more than mindset, at least from my perspective. I really get that you work with clients to get to the root of why they're suffering and help them then shift that, like that whole thought in their mind, and get ways to begin coming out of it, which is not what everybody does. No, I think, um, yeah, ultimately, for me, the, the core foundation is I believe everyone should live an exceptional version of themselves and an exceptional life. And I think is it's not just mindset. There's a whole plethora of stuff that we need to get to in order for our mindset to develop and get to where it needs to be for us to create that level of success, happiness, fulfillment that we're looking for. Yeah, and you yourself have gone through, I mean, you walk the talk. You had a massive multi-year, you didn't want to get out of bed, and then when you did, you wanted to end it all in your life. Yeah, yeah. so um, back in 2000, I was never very good at dealing with stress and Really, the way my family dealt with emotions was we don't talk about it. It was kind of like Fight Club. Um, oh, and it. the whole idea went in 2000, I'd noticed that I was getting ill quite a lot. 
and November the 5th, 2000, I was rushed to hospital with uh, viral meningitis, and it took me about six months to get back to a relatively good place. I thought everything was better. I'd gone through my illness, and then almost a year to the day, I was rushed to hospital again with bacterial meningitis. They stick me, stuck me in the infectious diseases ward for five days. Um, couldn't see my kids or my family or anything like that. And I thought, okay, I've gone through the second time. Everything's going to be a little bit better. But then I suffered from... I started to notice that I was really struggling to get out of bed and get to the bathroom or even down to sort of my lounge downstairs. Um, subsequently, I was bed-bound for a year. I was sleeping about 20 to 22 hours a day. Um, after that, then came about four years where I was really housebound, didn't really get out at all, and I was going through clinical depression, um, hyper levels of anxiety, guilt, the whole shebang. Um, and I kind of like looked at things, and I remember there was something a, a nurse said to me, and I looked at my wife and my kids, and I've known my wife since I was eight years old. I first asked her out when I was 13. Wow. Um, so, you know, yes, everyone can say, oh. Um, <laughs> and then and I kind of like looked at my wife and kids, and I said, I can't put them through this anymore. You know, I, despite how much I love them to bits, I cannot put them through possibly another. I was told that, you know, some people never get better from my condition. Um so I, I left. Um, I left the house and, and with every intention to commit suicide. Um, I knew where I was going to do it. I knew I could get up to about eighty, ninety miles an hour. I knew that if I hit the tree with my seatbelt off, everything would be over really quickly. Um, and there was that. From it, it was really strange because from a moment of temporary insanity, which is the way I look at it, there was also a a moment of complete clarity. Um, and I heard my my eldest son, who was about five at the time, say, um, not now, Daddy, not now. And I slammed on my brakes, pulled to the side of the road, and I just made a promise that I would do everything in my power to get my life flipped round, but not only flipped round, to actually be the best version of myself, and that's been my mission ever since. So what do you think, or that's probably not the right way, what was the one first step you did that you feel really began shifting things permanently for you? That okay, so choice I, not I, to kill yourself? Or was yeah, it the I mean, step the, after from, that? From that point of, okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take my life. It was a promise and a, 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 this resolute attitude of, I'm going to find the answer but be open to the possibility of getting better and changing how I felt. Um, prior to that moment, I just settled for, okay, this is possibly what it's going to be for the rest of my life. But until I heard that nurse say those words, I was like, no, that's not happening to me. And it was just that, that moment of, okay, I'm going, to, I'm going to put everything in my heart and soul to make a change. And... That's not an easy thing. I mean, no. we, we've all been in that moment. Well, not all, but I know I personally myself have been at that bottom, right? Yeah, yeah. And a number of my listeners have. But mm. for some people, they can't seem to ever really get beyond 
say a step or two above the bottom no and i think i I think the first step is is what you have to do is you have to um set steps in order to start moving forward i mean we're we're obviously here we're talking about from a a mental reconditioning um to then hopefully influence our physical conditioning so for me what i noticed was is there was a radical change from how i thought to how my body reacted even though i was physically uh, i had physical conditions i noticed that they got exacerbated from when i was when i was in the wrong mental state so the first thing is i just worked on one mental state i just worked on okay for me the biggest mission i had to do was learn how to relax and stay calm during stressful situations um so for me, what, you, what I would say for anyone is, is when they're looking at stuff, the first thing is, is choose one state that they need to be at. And, and I would personally always go for the relaxed and calm state because that helps the body sort of get more balanced and get back to reset. I recently had a guest on, Alan Ting, and he talked about how to overcome burnout. Mm. And... Joan Rosenberg. I've had a lot of guests on that talk about this topic, yet it seems like everybody wants to do it, but we can't seem to maintain it. And and that's, I guess the question is, is there a magic trick? Is there some magic wand that can be waved? Or is it just a constant, I have to choose this? I have to choose this. I choose this. I choose this. I choose this. Yeah, it's 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 basically a lot of people when they get go down. If you want the 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 negative or or limitating uh, way of thinking, is the way I look at it is is we're just stuck in this rut. And what we've got is is we've got to change comes through repetition and consistency. And you know, it's like doing the same thing over and over again and changing that way of thinking. And it is not easy. You know, I'm not going to stand here. I wish there was a magic wand. Um, but it's, it's about being aware of how you are thinking and then taking conscious, purposeful action to change the way you think. Because when you can start identifying how you are currently thinking at this moment in time, so one of the things I used to do, I used to berate myself a huge amount of times by... Um, saying, you know, what a horrible person I was and that I wasn't a great dad and everything else. And then I had to take a, a resolute atti- uh, sort of approach that and go, I am not allowing myself to get away with talking to myself like that. What's the next step? Well, the next step is um, looking at, let's say, for example, we've talked about being calm and relaxed. If people are wound up, there is, they may find that they've got a natural reef default where they feel like they're constantly stressed and, and wound up. Well, okay, let's, let's look at that. Is how can we purposefully take a conscious action to get us more relaxed? Best way to do that is to start thinking about that because that's something we can do. We have to take that responsibility. I'm not saying it's your fault that that is where you are at this moment. But if you can then take that responsibility to go, I am going to make a conscious change of how I feel by changing what I am thinking about myself, then you are more likely to find the results are more positive than the old way that you're thinking. 
Okay, I want to talk about that a little bit more because yeah. there's a certain word that you use there that that just like wow that brought a bunch of stuff up for me. Okay, and you said it's not your fault. Yes, but yet so often when we're going through something in our life, mm-hmm. we you know people say it's your fault you're fat. Right. Or it's it's your fault that you're not successful or it's your fault. It's what the, the world says to us. So we begin to take that on. But yeah. what you're saying is it's not. It's some process that's happening in, in your brain or whatever. And if yeah. we can, I sa- it sounds like you're saying if you can let go that idea yeah. that it's your fault, that's the beginning yeah. of the healing. Yeah. You've got to give yourself permission to change. Okay. Um, you know, if you know, you use overweight. Um, I'm a believer that many of us may eat more than we should to compensate for something. Maybe we're not feeling great about ourselves, and for some reason, despite you know how we're thinking, we may decide to resort to food or you know sugar or something just to make sugar. us feel good at that moment. <laughs> time. Yeah, I come from sugar as well. My family used to make sweets, so it's just something I love. Um, but I don't think we have to look at it. I think guilt is one of those things that just drags us down and down and down. And we, if we want to change, we can't focus on what happened in the past. We have to focus on what we can control now in order to give us the results that we're looking for. And I think it is when you are allowed to forgive, you know, if you are blaming yourself, if you are allowing forgiveness to come in and then go, okay, I'm, I'm going to forgive myself and I'm, actually the steps I'm going to make from this moment on are going to be in order to move me into a positive direction, then that becomes the self-fulfilling prophecy, not the berating of this is how I feel, this is the results I've got now, I'm never going to get where I want to be. We have to change that language because that's the, that's, the, that's the initial trigger for some people to move into the direction that they're actually looking for. So we get very stuck in the past yeah. when we're trying to move into the future. Yes. Okay. And actually, I've got an example of that. Great. So um, I, was, I was flying, uh, flying through some of my stuff because I knew I was coming on here, and I've got this little book that I wrote, um, and the statement that I've got on this is, What am, what am I? So I'm thinking, you know, most people are thinking, oh, you know, Jeff, this is going to be positive and stuff. But this is what I used to write on a daily basis um, when I was ill. So I've got, I am useless, stupid, incompetent, lazy, weak, unloving, hated, talked about, frightened, scared, in a world of my own, existing, a shell, living dead, fat, ugly, lazy, thick, guilty, annoyed, some other swear words I'm not going to pronounce on live. I appreciate um, that. <laughs> FCC might have um, a problem with that. <laughs> exactly. Sick and suicidal. Um, now, that's what I used to think about myself on a day-to-day basis. Um, that, n- no, those words, uh, sometimes some of them may come in if I want to just, if I'm having a bad day, but the majority of them don't exist in my language now. Um, but that takes time, effort, and energy. And part of that was to forgive myself about feeling like that. Because the situation I was in, it wasn't my fault. I just had to let that go and go, okay, what is in my control of how I make tomorrow? 
And was it baby steps that you took? Yeah. Yeah, seriously, yeah. I mean, the first one is, is I used to just go, okay, if, my, if, my, if I'm getting myself all worked up, which I was, I was in this destructive stress pattern, my first one is, is okay, how do I want to feel? That was the first question, not what I don't want to feel. Every, that, all of those statements was everything I didn't want to be. So my first one is, is how do I want to feel? And the first thing I want to feel is relaxed and calm. That was all I, so I spent ages closing my eyes and visualizing and thinking about things that made me relax and calm. Now, um, the, the brain is, our minds are amazing, is an amazing machine. We don't have to have experiences to think about being calm. What we can think about is, is what does calm feel to us? So let's say you've been in a, an existence where you can't remember ever feeling calm. What does calm feel to you? Think about what calm might feel to you. And then you can start working through that process of, well, my breathing's slower, or my shoulders are kind of like more relaxed. They're not sort of tense and, and rigid. Um, my skin changes, you know, all of these things. And you just gradually build up that scenario to eventually you start teaching your body that that is how my, I want my natural default state to be. Um, and, and it's through consistency and practice. As you were talking, I was going, what does calm feel like to me? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you've got to consciously think about it. Then. Yeah. And, and you know, I teach people and I consult and, and I coach and all of that stuff. And I'm really great with helping other people find that for themselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I just realized it's a struggle for me to answer that for myself because my own body is so painful and all this other stuff yeah and yeah. it it was like okay let that go laura let that go yeah so i would I, what i want my listeners to understand is that even those of us who help others mm-hmm. we can struggle with it ourselves which is probably why we're so good at helping other people <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> if you can't do it yourself <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're laughing, but it's so true, right? No, we all we all need help from other yeah. people to help us do that. Yeah, and, and it's, it, I think, it's it, again, that's about permission and courage and sometimes parking your ego and just going, okay, I'm going to ask for help. You know, it, and it doesn't matter whether you're going to see a, speak to talking therapy or whether it is that you need to go, um, you know, you need to go and see a doctor about something. It's having that, that, that requires courage. And then once you start opening that door and just presenting that little crack and giving yourself permission to be, in some cases, vulnerable, in some cases to admit, I actually don't know what to do here, you then are giving yourself that permission to go down a different path than what you will naturally do. Because obviously we all go down that path of least resistance. We do. And least resistance in a lot of cases is the exact state, mental or otherwise, that you've been in for the longest time. That's the least resistance. Exactly. So what we've got to do is, is through tenacity, persistence, and consistency, we have to create another path. And the best um, example, um, I got taught this way, where if you can imagine you're walking along a field and you're constantly walking down that field through the grass, eventually what happens is that path gets worn away. And you, can, you, you see that path. So that's the path of least resistance. 
But what then happens is, is what happens if you were to change direction and you were to start to walk down a different place? What happens is, is the, that path starts to become the worn down path and the other one starts to grow and gets overgrown and over through time you can't find it anymore. Through purposeful action, what you're doing is, is you're moving away from that old path and you're starting to create a new one. And the more consistent you are and, and the more you do that and how you want to feel, act, and respond to situations, that becomes the dominant way of thinking. So eventually, being happy, calm, relaxed, um, action-orientated, whatever it is, that becomes the path of least resistance and the other one becomes old and degraded. Okay, but we have to give ourselves permission to let it take whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah, but, that's, but I also think is, is once you start releasing um, possibly anger, guilt, or whatever negative emotions are attached to that, people are surprised how quickly they can make changes once they give themselves permission to go down that path. I think it's so often we'll do it and then we'll get frustrated because it's not happening quick enough or, you know, I should be better at this or whatever it is. And maybe worried what people think, not that they ever need to know. There's another thing there. Um, you know, once that happens, then all of a sudden it's the results can actually happen quicker than we think. We've just got to give ourselves that time and energy and effort to do it. So you shared with us your negative I am statements. Is yes. that the first step for somebody who wants to begin shifting to write down what they're thinking of themselves and then shift it? No. So I, I think one of the first steps is, um, apart from obviously the decision to change right. and with that resolute thing, the next one is, is be aware of your language. So um, one of the things is, is, so I made those I am statements about those things. The best advice I ever got taught was rather than saying I am that, um, what I say is I'm doing it. Now, when, when you change that one word, okay, so let's say, for example, is, is um, I'm doing guilt would be uh, the language that I used to use. But one of the things that I found with that statement, one, it's not grammatically correct. I mean, I'm dyslexic, and I still know that's not <laughs> grammatically correct. Um, but what happens is, is like I'm doing anxiety, I'm doing guilt, I'm doing low self-esteem, whatever it is. When I am doing something, I have the ability to stop doing it. Oh, that's brilliant. When, when I am something, it's me. It's my identity. It's the very, very fibers in my body. Um, and that was one of the best bits of advice I ever got given was because by doing something, you're also then giving yourself permission to change. Now, I used it through doing pain, doing, um, doing low self-esteem, all of those things. And it's, you know, it's, I'm, you know, I'm not going to hold my hand up and say this was my idea, but the, the fact that language fundamentally moves us in a direction, if we can change that statement to doing. So if you're doing anger, well, okay, then let's stop. If you're doing stressed, okay, let's do something different and start relaxing. It's just about giving yourself, again, it's another way to give yourself permission and an easier way to accept that you don't have to do it anymore. I, I wish that I had cameras on because I have goosebumps. My hairs are standing on end. When, when you said that is such a mind shift, perspective shift. 
to say I'm doing guilt or I'm doing pain or I'm doing ill health or I'm doing whatever versus I am. Yeah, absolutely. But I have actually, when I've been to America, I've heard people say I'm doing headache. I've never heard Um, that before. Oh, well, we were in, I think it was... Uh, okay, you're going to hold on to that thought, though, because we have to go into the national news. We're here with Jeff Hi. Nicholson, um, a Brit from the UK, calling in from across the pond, talking about mindset, and I'd like you to think about, are you doing or are you I am? Shift it around. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. If you're listening to us live, we are here with Jeff Nicholson. If you're on the podcast, you didn't have to listen to the national news. You just jumped right back in, and here we are. So, so Jeff, we've been talking about mindset. We've been talking about this whole idea of mental reconditioning, which can also begin to help with the physical reconditioning. And just before the national news break, you had my hair standing on end. I almost cried because it was so powerful when you said you shifted your I am statements to I'm doing statements. And I want to talk some more about that because it's such, you know, even when you, as you're saying it in a British accent, it makes it even more powerful. But, you know, that's that's a thing I think every American pretty much has. Everything just sounds better with a British accent. But, um you know, this concept of I'm doing versus I am, it, it, to me it's revolutionary. I've never heard of it before, but wow, I'm blown away by it. Yeah, I think, I think, I think before, you know, one of those things is, I think, is when you understand that when you are saying I am as a statement, you are hitting from a belief point of view, you're hitting a state of identity. So when you are, you know, and if you are shredding yourself with negative stuff on a day-to-day basis and you are using the I am statement, all you are literally doing is just putting rock after rock after rock on your back To that's not going to help you move forward. It's going to make you feel, you know, a lot of negative things. But when we use I am, uh, sorry, doing, um, what it's doing is it's giving you permission to make a change. Um, and actually, anyone can do it. You know, it doesn't, take, it doesn't take effort to try to say, you know, if you're doing anxious, and I'm, obviously I'm aware people may be driving when they're listening to this, but if, I'm, if, you're, if you currently are in a bad state, maybe you're angry or you're anxious or something like that, and you just acknowledge, I am anxious or angry or whatever just say that statement out loud not not i'm doing anxious or i'm doing yeah so first of all you're going to say i am whatever you are negatively feeling okay so anxious guilty whatever it is and then the next statement once you've said that i want you to notice the difference when you're saying i am doing whatever it is okay so in my case right now i'm yeah i am painful because okay. my whole body hurts so i okay. would change that to i am doing, i'm doing pain you're doing pain okay okay now some people immediately are going to go well look i'm, I'm for example yours i'm in pain i'm not you know how, how can i change pain but the thing is is um number one is is half of it what we've got to be able to determine is is when we change our statements we start to identify what is changeable through what we are thinking, i.e. our mindset and, and our, what consciousness we're using, 
but then also we're going to see we're going to tell the difference between what is physical. So the other thing is with pain is pain's quite a challenging one because in some places pain is is that becomes our dominating thought. Right. You know, if if um, when I used to go uh, when I was ill and I had fibromyalgia, or um, when I um, when I used to uh, get my migraine attacks, it becomes that dominating thought. And all we're trying to do is we're trying to see is, is can we change our association with pain or guilt or whatever by changing the way our language is? Because once we acknowledge what we're doing, then the next question is, is but how do you want to feel? So if you are doing guilt, my next question would be to you, doing anxiety, let's say, my next question for you would be, but how do you want to feel? Okay. Now, the response to that has to be what we call clean language. So clean language is not, I don't want to feel, exactly, maybe what you're saying is, I don't want to feel pain anymore, okay? Or I don't want to feel. The, pu- the brain does not understand negation, so it doesn't understand, don't want pain. In fact, when you say, I don't want pain, what your brain will go out there and do is it will find more pain. Right. If, if you don't want to feel anxious, then your brain is going to go out there and feel more reasons for you to feel anxious about that. Right. It's like the red car. You want to buy a car and you think you have a red one. That's the only color car you now see. Exactly. And I don't want anyone listening to this interview thinking about a pink elephant. <laughs> you know? Okay. Exactly. So what happens is, is what we have to do is we have to be purposeful in the of what we want. So if you're doing anxious and you want to feel, so what do you want to feel is, well, I want to feel calm and relaxed. That needs to be the thing we focus on because that will be the thing that our brain starts looking for. And if it starts looking for it, you increase the chances of it finding it. Okay, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so you do something that you and I have been working on going back and forth because I've been struggling to get the um, clean language of it. Yes. Can you, uh, would you be willing to take my listeners through developing their own phrase that helps them with clean language? Yeah, of course, absolutely. Okay. All right, so take us through it. Okay, so the first thing is, is this comes from a, um, a training that I did with uh, Jack Canfield years and years ago. And what, what we've got to really be careful of is, is there's a question that I want everyone to ask themselves. Would you allow someone to talk to a loved one or someone that you care about the same way as you speak about yourself? No. <laughs> Again, most people, absolutely not, categorically not a chance, okay? So what we need to do is we need to change the... Um, that whole type of language, that internal dialogue that we are doing, we need to have it as a, a more positive, uplifting building. Some people call it the inner coach. You know, Timothy Galway calls it that inner, the inner game. It's about changing the way we associate with stuff. And one of the ways that I found that personally that really changed how I felt about myself was choosing what I call a power phrase. And the power phrase very simply is, the easiest way to do this, and I'm, I'm, I'm aware that it, it, we're, we're short on time and it's right. for you to work on, I want you to think of 
three or four phrases of words that you would love someone to say to you. So think about all of the people in your life. You know, it could be a colleague at work. It could be a partner. It could be a kid. It could be parents. It doesn't matter what it is. I want you to think about the phrases that you would love someone to say to you. Now, it might be, you know, um, you're, you're an amazing mum or um, you're, um, we're proud of you or something like that. And I want you to think about all those phrases. Once if you have, you're driving your car, everybody, and yeah. you really want to think about this, pull over. Know that this will be a podcast if you're listening to me live, so you can go back through it. I don't want any accidents. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. Yes. Okay. Um, you don't go have ahead. to close your eyes to do it. You can just think of phrases. Chances are everyone knows what they want to hear. The, the, you know, the straightaway is, is um, you know, all of those things is you are great, you are amazing, you're a great mom, great dad, whatever. There's those things that we very quickly know in our heart of hearts that's what we want to hear. Now, once we have come up with that phrase, um, what the idea then is, is when you've changed that, you then change the term you are to I am. Okay, at that point, it becomes an I am versus an yes. I'm doing. Got it? Yes, because okay. you see, when someone is saying, you are great, you are amazing, that feels really good. But when you change the statement to, I am a great mother, or I am a, um, a, a, a lovely human being, or I am proud of myself, or something like that, you have to change that language to present tense about yourself. Okay, does I know it, it does, and I think it would help with an example. And I know you have your personal power phrase. I do. Would you I be do. willing to I'm share that? Give an example, Put you on the spot. Right? I'm not going to give you actually mine. Okay. Um, but this is a one that um, I originally started with. Okay. So um, first one was well done. The fir- very first thing I said to myself it was well done, because I wanted to acknowledge that I identified that I needed to change. Okay, so well done is very British, of course. You know. Never would have um, gotten that, no. Yeah, so, <laughs> so well done. Um, what I also said was I am a genius. Now, I'm a genius, I'm dyslexic, I used to think I was stupid as anything, so I wanted people to come up to me and go on, I am a genius. And do you know why I'm a genius? I'm a genius because I'm changing the way I think and I'm putting, making a positive statement to my life. So well done. I am a genius. I can do anything. Breaks through the limitation, wanted me to feel good. So well done. I am a genius. I can do anything. And I am with you every step of the way. So the idea of I am with you every step of the way comes from the fact that I want to develop an inner coach. I want to develop that, that thing that goes with me every step of the way that says you can do this. And, you know, whatever challenges we face, we're going to do it together and we're going to plow through it. And the final thing was, is I love you. Possibly the hardest statement that I've ever had to say to myself. I can say it to my kids, I can say it to my family, I can say it to my wife, but I could never come to say it to me. Um, but what the importance for that is, is once you get that statement, so I want you to think about that, well done. You are a genius. You can do anything, and I'm with you every step of the way. 
And by the way, I love you. Really fluffy at the end, but I don't care. But when you can say that to yourself, and one of the important practice parts of that is to do it in front of a mirror. The reason why it's challenging when you're looking in a mirror is because you're looking at yourself. And I call it the fuel gauge of self-esteem. Most people start looking at their feet. And as they get confident and they start saying that phrase, eventually their eyes move up and then they can start looking at themselves in the face. But the real important thing is about congruence when you're doing it. How you want to feel is the same way as you say it. So you say it with conviction, you say it with purpose, and you say it with passion. Just like you were going to, you, you know, if your kids came to you or your partner came to you and needed support, you would probably say it exactly the way that you need to say it to yourself. Um, and I, my rule was that I didn't leave the, my bathroom where I used to practice until my posture, my tonality were all congruent with how I wanted to feel. Louise Hay, who founded Hay House, does something called mirror work. Yeah. And it, yeah. she says it's the hardest thing for everybody, just like you said, because to yep. say those things to yourself, it's we're not trained to do that, right? We're not trained no. to focus on ourselves. We're trained to be external. Yeah, and it's you're looking you're looking at your soul to some extent. When you when you're trying to give yourself um and, you know, there, there's an example of language. Don't try, just do. You know, um, that's my, my um, mistake on my language. When you're doing that into a mirror, it, it is hard. But it's the, you know, if you want to be exceptional, whatever that means, the, the price of happiness fulfillment is doing the groundwork. And for me, the, um, the groundwork is starting to respect and love who you are for who you are and not trying to be something else it's just trying to be you all right so to my listeners out there they want to to create their phrase what do they need to ask themselves okay so the first the first question is, is the real first question is is what what phrases do i want to hear from people what are the what are the top five phrases i would love to hear okay that's, that's, the, that's the question. Then they write them down on a piece of paper, okay. um, not when you're driving. You write them down on a piece of paper, um, and, you, and you look at those phrases, and you just pick the be- best part of those phrases because you don't want it to be long and, and long-winded. You want it to be, um, I am brilliant, um, you know, uh, whatever those phrases are. It's I am and then the statement. And just keep reading them. I am X. I am a great dad. I am whatever. My golden rule is, is at the end, say, I love you. Because everybody needs to love themselves if they really want to shift their thinking. Yeah, well, if you, don't, if you don't love and respect yourself, how do you expect anyone to truly love and respect you? Because yeah. there's always going to be that slight barrier. Um, sometimes lack of authenticity because you're, you you haven't got that courage necessarily just to be you and vulnerable and everything else. Um, You know, once you allow that, you're allowing yourself permission to live the life that actually you want to live. And this applies to not only life, but business as well. Yeah, absolutely. 
hands down. You'd yeah. be amazed how many CEOs and, and business owners that I work with, and p- one of the first stages we've got to blast through is, the, is that personal statement. Because their ego or their training or their beliefs about being the owner of a company um, are in many ways old-fashioned um, and need to be smashed through in order for them to really exist as who they want to be. It makes so much sense because we always think, oh, this, you know, uh, it's all my fault. Uh, I'm working yeah. with a client right now who took his eyes off the ball due to some personal stuff for oh. almost a year in his business, and it's struggling now. And he's yeah. struggling to move past that because he blames himself for everything, and his talk yeah. is very negative. So yeah. creating this phrase for him is a major start to him moving forward. Yeah, and, 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 and I mean, think about it. Imagine you wake up in the morning, you, you know, you get washed and do all your things, and then you get yourself in front of the mirror and you say this power phrase. Now, I have done it every single day now for 11 years. Um, and I do it, and I don't leave the bathroom till it's in the right place, even whatever is going on in my, in, in my world. That's what I do in the morning as part of my morning routine. Um, and then I go on with the day. And when I do it, by the end of the time I've done it, I feel absolutely awesome. And that's the goal. That's the thing. It's getting your head in the right space and getting your mind in the right space, and then your actions will follow. And you do this throughout the day or just that one time in the morning? No, I do it. I, I used to do it whenever I was going down saying bad things about myself or anything like that. Um, but now I just do it first thing in the morning. Okay. How many years did it take before you could stop doing it throughout the day uh took probably less than six months okay it's amazing it, how like powerful say, it doesn't it doesn't take long once you give yourself permission now it depends on you know some people may need external help to do that but ultimately is once you have that conviction to do something and it's important enough to you you will follow through and you will take the actions required and I know we don't have enough time left in the show to no. to talk about some of the things that people can do themselves to help hold it. We, you know, it's something I've talked about a lot on the show. But you have on your website uh, jeffnicholson.uk, and that's G E O F F N I C H O L S O N. Um, and I'll, everybody, I'll have that posted. So if you're driving, don't worry about it. You have some great blog posts about journals and some different things that you do on a regular basis to, hmm. to help people. But yeah. I, I want to make sure people know how to reach you, Jeff, because, you know, they, they may be thinking, you know, I need somebody to help me, or this is the power phrase I've come up with. Does this even make sense? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tweaking the language because it's, it's making sure it's clean language. So how do people, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Okay, you can email me at um, Jeff, that's G-E-O-F-F, at jeffnicholson.co.uk. Okay, so it's Jeff at jeffnicholson.co.uk. Yeah. And you run all sorts of different programs. Success IQ is your, your big brand that you do. You, you yeah. mentioned during the break something called the Think Up app that you think is a really wonderful yeah, so, thing. 
Yeah, so once you've got the, um, this power phrase done, ThinkUp is a, is a great app that I, I've only discovered a couple of months ago. Um, and what you actually do is you can record your own voice um, on the app. With, and it, you can put music on the back or you could um, add many different types of affirmations. And you can just play it um, on your headphones and just to help reprogram how you actually think about yourself. It's a brilliant way of doing it, a very passive way that eventually will pick it up through osmosis. So it's mind programming. You can just sort of listen to it in the background subliminally to yeah. help. Okay, I love that. I love that idea. And I love your idea of journaling, and I, I wish we had more time to go over it, but we do have like a minute or two because it, journaling is something I struggle with considering that I'm a writer, <laughs> it, it's hard to believe that I, I struggle with this whole concept of, of journaling, yeah. but yet it is so powerful. Yeah. Why journaling? Why is it so important to you to help with all of this work from the last 11 years of how you've changed your personal life and your business and those around you? I think journaling allows me to um, be open, honest, and record the right things. And I think it depends on the types of the first Stage, if you've never journaled before, is choosing an easy structure. Um, the one that I generally use myself to start off with was something called the five-minute journal because it literally takes five minutes and it starts helping program that different way of thinking. So the, the first question is really, really simple. Um, it's three things to be grateful for. Let's get you into the mindset of gratitude where you start changing your perspective and you're looking for the things that are actually going to make you feel good and appreciate those things that you've currently got in your life. Um, the next question, um, and then what it does is it focuses on other questions like what three things are you going to do today to make it great? Um, what, um, what, went, what went really, really well today? I don't think enough people record their successes. Um, I think we're very good at remembering all the rubbish that's happened to us during the day because um, our brain will delete the great things because we focus on the negative things. I think by sitting down and recording those successes on a day-to-day -day basis, it allows you to look at your day and go, actually, do you know what? My week hasn't been that bad. If I hadn't because I did this and I did this and I did this, so what you're doing is, is you're helping prove to yourself that, you're, that you are achieving things during your day, that you are, uh, you know, you are a success to, an, to a point, and that you are moving forward. And I think through that consistent practice of allowing yourself to reflect and, um, and record those successes and gratitude, it just changes, the, it, it, in, in, in truth, it just completely changed my world about actually how fortunate I was and it, from where the, the way I used to think. And I think, you know, more and more business, um, it's seen as a norm in more and more businesses. You've just got to, it's just one of those practices and strategies that can be hugely beneficial if you just prefer, prepare to take that time. And... I'm thinking that recording successes doesn't have to be, I signed a big deal, no, um, I, I, I revamped 
like my closet, everybody knows who's on my Facebook with me that I just redid that. It could be something I simple as I laughed today. I saw that. You did? You saw that? I did, yeah. <laughs> that was a major thing for me to do considering well how much pain I was in. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Well, you know, exactly. And if you don't take stock of that, if you don't note that, what happens is the pain overruns and overshadows all of the successes that you achieve. Right. And it can be emotional pain or physical pain. When we start recording those successes, we start to identify that actually we're not as bad as we think we are. We are moving forward the way we think we are, but all right, it might be slower, but we are still moving in the right directions, and that's the critical thing. Right. I, I love it. Um, Jeff, we're, we're just about out of time. We've got less than a minute left. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. In 10 seconds, last thought. Um, yeah, you all deserve to live and be exceptional. What you've got to do is you've got to take the actions and the strategies in order to implement that and wishing you all the greatest success. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for being here. And everybody, jeffnicholson.uk is Jeff's website, and you can email him as well, jeff at jeffnicholson.co.uk. I've got pages of notes taken from today's show, and I get the benefit of talking to him, and you can too. Reach out to Jeff if you have any questions. Play this episode back over and over again, because really, the right questions can change your life, and the right actions can change your life. So let's get you thinking that you're doing positive things. Have a great day, everybody, because I am your host for today. Have a great day, everybody, and I'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 